Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. By the time Jesus was ready to begin his earthly ministry, a well-established, God-ordained religious system was firmly entrenched in the land of Palestine. But as the very God himself, who was the fulfillment and reality of all of the components of that established religion, you would think that he would have taken great care to approach the leaders of that religion and to bring them into his ministry. But the record of the New Testament reveals quite the opposite. The Gospels, and particularly the Gospel of Mark, revealed that Jesus showed no interest in maintaining the old religion with its traditions and rituals, even those that were among the ones that God had originally instituted, such as the Sabbath. Rather, Jesus offended the religious community to the uttermost by breaking the Sabbath regulations repeatedly and revealing that as the Lord of the Sabbath, he was well within his authority to use the Sabbath to care for his people instead of as a religious fetter to bind them and even kill them. Matt Miller has joined us as we come to another life study in the Gospel of Mark. And Matt, we have had now uh, five cases in chapter 2 and the first part of chapter 3 that we set out a few programs back that uh, really typify the slave savior carrying out the gospel service. Of course, in the first chapter, those who were with us in the early programs here realized that the contents of the gospel were revealed. But uh, this chapter, chapter two, and the first part of chapter three, we really see uh, an illustration of the gospel being lived out, carried out through these five cases. And in today's program, we focus primarily on the fourth and fifth case. But uh, I I like this kind of approach to understanding the Bible. We get the somewhat the presentation of the teaching, the truth, and then an illustration. And the illustrations, as I've heard you say many times, the picture is always worth a thousand words. Yeah, Chris, especially in chapter two of Mark, and we're going to cover the first few verses, the first six verses of chapter three. And these five illustrations, they speak uh, volumes to us about the gospel and and uh, we're going to get into it today, and we're only going to cover in today's program the last two of these five stories, because like you said, we've covered them already in prior broadcasts. But the last two are going to focus particularly on the breaking of the Sabbath. And mm-hmm. it almost seems that the Lord did this intentionally, and it just drove his opposers crazy. Yet, And his opposers were, as you said in the beginning, the leaders of the established religion But it wasn't just any religion. It was the religion that God had established according to the scriptures. And so this matter of the Sabbath, we have to really respect it and see where they were coming from. It's hard to blame them in a sense because many of us fall into this dead, organized, formal situation and forget about life. There's some key words in this program today that will touch. I really hope our listeners will stay with us. Matt, let's say a little bit before we join Witness Lee about this matter of the Sabbath. Of course, as New Testament believers living in modern America, uh, the Sabbath doesn't have much um, relevance to us. We don't think much about it. Of course, it's still part of Judaism, and there are Sabbath-observing Christians, we know. Uh, But for the vast majority of New Testament believers, not 
that much appreciation or realization of how significant the Sabbath really was or is to, say, an Orthodox Jewish person. The whole point of the Sabbath was that originally God instituted the Sabbath for the sake of man, didn't he? To give man a day of rest. That's right, Chris. The Sabbath was originally the seventh day. It took six days for creation, and on the seventh day, God rested. He wanted man to rest. It was a time for God and man to rest, enjoy God's creation. And and let me read a verse. This is a verse from Isaiah 58, verse 13. It says, if you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing whatever you please on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, that which is holy to Jehovah, honorable, and honor it, not doing your own ways, not finding your own pleasure, and speaking idle words, then you will have delight in Jehovah, and I will cause you to ride upon the heights of the earth, and I will feed you with the inheritance of Jacob. Yeah, I get the picture. In other words, God has a lot of respect for keeping the Sabbath. And that was the message through the prophets. This is just one verse from Isaiah. But many times in the Old Testament, and if you're a a Jew and you're reading this, at the time that the Lord was there, you have a lot of appreciation for the Sabbath. But the Lord is trying to take them deeper. He's trying to give them a message. There's a change here. You've gone too far. Right. You've taken it too far. So this is a, a really good program that has a very important message for all the believers today. Yeah, I think so too. And I do hope that it comes across that what we're uh, touching here in this portion is not a case where the Lord was just contrary to the uh, religious you know, establishment for the sake of being contrary. But really, his motivation was the care and the ministry to his chosen people. And it had gotten to the point, as you said, uh, where the Sabbath had become, instead of a rest and an enjoyment for man, it had become a frustration to all the people. And this is what the Lord was reacting to. So I think that's important to keep in view as we uh, join Witness Lee for our first portion. The Lord Jesus brought them to the green field. When? On the Sabbath. Don't you believe that the Lord Jesus did that purposely? <laughs> he took the lead to uh, travel that way. Number one, I believe the Lord Jesus knew that was the day of Sabbath. I say rule, he shouldn't make a decision to take that trip. That is to break the Sabbath. But he took that trip. And then he uh, entered into grain field. <laughs> so strange. In a good sense, all his followers were misled. They were misled by their shepherd. Their shepherd shepherded them into grain field. And the green field became their green pasture. And that became the restaurant. (laughs) Everybody ate the years so fresh. Surely that's new food. It's fresher than manna. (laughs) They ate the years of the green. They got satisfied. But all the spies, all those ancient time FBI's, Check with them. What? Don't you know your disciples did something illegal, unlawful? You know, he answered them, Have you never read? You respect your old husband to the uttermost. You regard the holy writing. Have you never read in your holy scripture? What? David. David also misled his company in the temple, which they were not allowed to enter. 
Only the priest can enter into the temple. But David led his company into the temple. Not only so, and ate the soup right. My goodness, who can study the Bible in such an excellent way? You better learn of the Lord Jesus. This is his way to study the Bible. He was unlearned in the eyes of the Jews, you know. They talk about him. Oh, this man, from where he learned these things? Don't forget, those scribes were learned people. You see, they are scholars of the Bible, yet they didn't know the Bible a bit. Matt, we mentioned at the beginning of the program that uh, we were still covering this portion of Scripture where these five cases were illustrative of uh, the Lord Jesus carrying out, living out the gospel service. Maybe we should just, uh, for the sake of review, remind the listeners that the first case was that of forgiveness. And this is the paralytic man who was forgiven before he was healed. Then the next case, Matthew or Levi, the tax collector, gets uh, saved in a dynamic way and immediately has a feast for the Lord and many of his friends at his home. And so this typifies a case of enjoyment. The third case, which we saw in our previous program, uh, was a case of joy. And that is the joy of the all the ones of the bridal party spending time with the bridegroom. Now, today we come to this matter of the fourth case, satisfaction. How does this feeding on the Sabbath typify a kind of satisfaction for God's people? Well, Chris, you've got the Lord taking his disciples through a grain field, and they're eating grain in the field. They're satisfied. And, and you know, the Lord has called himself the shepherd. He is the shepherd of the sheep. And mm. so he's leading his flock, and he's leading them in a sense, into the green pasture. He's leading them into a place to enjoy, to be satisfied, and they are being satisfied. They're eating the grains. And as Witness Lee just referred to the ancient FBI, he said they were there. <laughs> you wonder, why were there Pharisees on the Sabbath in the grain field? Yeah, I, you yeah. wonder. What, it's like they are the Sabbath patrol. Their job is to f- make sure people are keeping the Sabbath. Well, they are there, and catching the Lord in this violation of their religion. But, you know, uh, Witness Lee really brings out the insight here that the Lord cared more for his followers' hunger and satisfaction than he did for religion's regulation. So here is a case where uh, the strict ordinance of this law uh, would have prohibited the Lord's lovers, the Lord's seekers, from enjoying a satisfying meal because it was a violation of Sabbath regulation. And uh, he took this opportunity, and as he said, as you read this, it's hard to think he didn't know exactly what he was doing. He must have realized, first of all, he was being followed by these, the Sabbath police, the Sabbath patrol. He knew it was the Sabbath day, and what he was doing in an open way was going to cause a reaction. Almost uh, looking for the reaction, wasn't he? He was, Chris, and it's a good lead into the next section with Witness Lee because I want to respond. This next portion is really the Lord's answer to those religious spies. It's at this point, Matt, where the Lord uh, utters this to the ones who were trying to catch him and trap him as well as to his own disciples. And he said to them, the Sabbath came into being for man and not man for the Sabbath. So then the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. This is a revelation, I think, that has much greater implications than just the matter of the 
regulation of the old Jewish religion. We all need to see him in such a light. Here's Witness Lee. You have to realize the Lord's words, so wise, always carries a lot of implications. This implies he was the real David. The tax collector, Levi, was one follower of the real David. When David led his company into the temple and eat the soup bride, at that time he was fighting. He was fighting for the kingdom. He was compelled to eat the things so holy in the temple. Now, the real David is here with his followers fighting for the coming of the kingdom. My, this indicates a lot. It also indicates the change of dispensation. Before David came into his kingship, right, that was dispensation of priesthood. But the priesthood failed God. So God changed the dispensation from the priesthood to kingship. Now Jesus came here. What he did was an indication that the dispensation changed. You see, he says, the Son of Man is the Lord even of the Sabbath. That means he is not only the Lord of this one thing, He's the Lord of everything. Now, he is even the Lord of the Sabbath. This indicates that he is the almighty God. He's the one who ordained the Sabbath in Genesis 2. As he had the authority to ordain the Sabbath, so he has the full right to change it. And he said to them, the Sabbath came into being for man's sake. Not man for Sabbath's sake. You kill people by keeping the Sabbath. I cancel the Sabbath by feeding people. Which is better? To kill people by keeping the Sabbath? Or to feed people by canceling it? It's all up to him. Why? Because he is the almighty Lord. Hallelujah. Matt, let's uh, touch the very example that the Lord uses when he's questioned by the religious ones about breaking the Sabbath and eating on the Sabbath. He points him back to this other Old Testament case, the case of David and his uh, company, his followers. Let's talk about that as a type. I love that, Chris, because the religious leaders, they know the Bible. Yeah. They were there questioning him about the Bible. You're breaking the Bible. I mean, you're breaking the Sabbath. If you read Exodus 20, and I won't read the verses now, but it talks about profaning the Sabbath and breaking your covenant with Jehovah. So it's a serious thing. And yet, at the same time, the Lord is trying to make a point that he's greater than the Sabbath. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. And he refers back to the scriptures, the very scriptures that they had in their hands saying, haven't you read? Mm. Haven't you read about David? He went into the holy place and ate the showbread with his followers. And he's likening that to David was there fighting for God's kingdom. Here is the Lord there fighting for God's kingdom. And Matthew, the tax collector, who he just had a feast with, is following him. They're there as a picture of David's followers, and they're there eating the bread. This instance with David, another case of eating illegally, according to the religious ordinance, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it may have never dawned on them that David had broken the law. He had profaned the Sabbath in the Old Testament, but David was the king. So because <laughs> David was the king, he got away with eating the bread on the Sabbath in the holy place. And of course, what he's revealing is not just that he has this authority, which he surely does, but that, again, his concern is for the satisfaction of his people. That's his care. That's his motivation, not just to be, you know, trampling on the Old Testament religious practices. All right, Matt, we come now to the first uh, few verses in chapter three, and this is another case, the fifth case now, and it's a case of, of another healing of a sort. We have a man that's not completely paralyzed. This time, just has a withered hand. And again, on the Sabbath, and I'm saving time by not reading the verses, it's the first six verses of chapter three, uh, the Lord now goes about and heals this man on the Sabbath, which was another breaking of the Sabbath regulation. And it leads to another encounter with his opposers. All right, here's Witness Lee for this fifth and final case. Then we come to the last instance. You know, you have a case breaching the Sabbath. Good enough. <laughs> Why? You need another one. And you put these two together. The first breaching of the Sabbath was in the green field. And the second was in the synagogue. I didn't understand until someday the Lord showed me. Well, the first breaching of the Sabbath is for satisfaction. You may be satisfied, yet you are not freed, right? You may be satisfied, yet not liberated. You also need liberation. In the green field, all the followers of Jesus were satisfied. After being satisfied, the Lord Jesus brought them all in the synagogue to uh, free them. Their politic case is a person fully paralyzed. But this case is only one hand <laughs> withered. This means you are almost freed, but still not fully freed, because one of my hands withered. <laughs> See, a part of your life still not free. At least you need a partial freedom. It's very interesting. This is the Bible. The politic case is a whole case. And this case is a partial case. And this man is not dying. And this man still can move, can do something with one hand. Yet, <laughs> one hand is withered. This is why this is the last instant. Okay, you put the five instants together. Here's a sinner who got forgiven of his sins. And he entered into the enjoyment of God, and he has the full joy. He has the living Christ as the most present person, the bridegroom. He has his righteousness to cover, to beautify him, and he has his divine life to stir him up, to satisfy him, and he has the enjoyment for his satisfaction. And now he is fully free. You have to put the five instant together to see complete picture. This is a fully saved person. This is a person enjoying the salvation in its fullest way. From forgiveness to freedom. 
forgiveness, enjoyment, joy, satisfaction, too. Freedom. I hope we all will be like this. Amen. Have you got it? Well, Brother Matt, to answer his question, I get it in one sense. I understand it, but I'd like to get it in terms of possessing it. I'd like this to be my salvation experience. How about you? I would too, Chris. I really love how the Lord comes and approaches this situation. He cares more for the, the relief of the suffering one. Yeah. I mean, I, I can sympathize with that one who has a paralyzed hand because I feel like that many times. I'm not fully free. Right. I'm I'm still partially paralyzed, and I need the Lord's care. And I'm so glad the Lord is expressing his care for the relief of the suffering more than he's caring for the ritual of religion. And that's what you've got going on here in this chapter. You've got the Lord, and you've got a suffering one who needs relief. He's paralyzed hand. And you've got the religious ones caring for their ritual. And it says, you didn't read the verses, but I'll read this one portion here. It says, They were watching him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. Yes. What do they care for? They care much more for their religious ritual than they care for this suffering one there who's partially paralyzed. So this completes a a very beautiful package, doesn't it? Now, starting with the, the, you know, the forgiving of the sins of the paralytic, the one who is fully paralyzed, which is all of our cases before, you know, we come to the Lord initially. We're all utterly, utterly paralytic in our ability to serve and please God. And it begins with forgiveness. Then we move right into the feasting uh, typified by Levi, you know, who throws a feast for the Lord. He's just fresh in the joy of and enjoyment of his salvation, and he wants to throw a feast for the Lord Jesus. And then we have the case of, you know, those with the bridegroom and the covering of the new cloth, the new garment that we saw. And finally, these last two cases, uh, the satisfaction, even against the religious uh, tradition and custom that oftentimes binds God, God's people, frustrates God's people instead of uh, satisfying their deepest need. And now this last case, even us, Matt, as you said, we've been saved for many, many years, but all of us still have, you know, the withered hands and the, uh, the bad limb. We're, we're not quite right. And we oftentimes come to the Lord with that realization. He's even still caring for us in that state. And this, these five cases together, what, what a beautiful picture of the kind of salvation he is here to provide. I like how it ends up with a person who is fully free. They're fully liberated. They're experiencing their full freedom. That's on the one side. And on the other side, the Lord is angry with those opposers. He, yeah. he actually has some anger in verse five. He says, he looked around at them It's a great question. He says, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Doesn't that seem so silly? It seems like they would rather kill than to give life on the Sabbath. Wow. So the Lord looks at them with anger and being greatly grieved with the hardness of their heart, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored he took the Lord's word. The Lord gave him the word. He took, he exercised faith. He stretched out his hand, and that word imparted life into him and made him fully free. What a great conclusion to these five stories. And it concludes here with the suffering one who is fully released and set free, 
the religious ones are left in their anguish and their consternation, and that continues uh, in the balance, I think, of uh, his encounters with them over the days ahead. And Matt, we've got a lot of days ahead left in this live study of the book of Mark. Uh, sometimes you'll be occupying the chair I'm in today, other times you're occupying that chair, but it's always good to have you here. Thank you for your help today. Happy to be here, Chris. Looking forward to doing it more. And uh, we hope you'll contact us also to get the printed life study messages. We'd like to give you the toll-free number. Hope you jot it down. It's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. I'll do that again, 888-543-3788. We have a, a set of the Mark Life Studies, uh, several volumes in this set, four or five, I can't recall now, but uh, we'll make them all available to you if you call us again, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's all the time we have today. We hope you'll join us for our next program. For Matt Miller and Chris Wilde, thanks very much for listening today. Millions of Christians have been strengthened in their faith through the ministry of Watchman Nee. In a recent release by Living Stream Ministry entitled The Overcoming Life, Watchman Nee sounds a call to the believers to pursue the normal Christian life that is hidden with God in Christ. The Overcoming Life is filled with truth, reverberates with hope, and brings the reader to renewed consecration. The Overcoming Life by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That's 1-888-543-3788.